This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, could it be a cove clincher for D? And now United's touch paper's been lit, it's time for the post split. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie and Podcasting alongside me as usual this week are Alan Temple. Hello. George Cran. Hello. And Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. Anyway, boys, breaking news. As we start the podcast this week, I've just heard Queen's Park have applied to change their name to Nay Class. <laughs> That's only because they couldn't spell. <laughs> What are you talking about? They're not giving us any tickets, George. <laughs> What's that about? Explain. Well, I think they know there would be a big away following. Whatever the permutations are this weekend, I think that they know there'd be a lot of Dundee fans turning up and they don't particularly want it to be like a home game for Dundee they if they have a chance. They don't want it to be like a it. big occasion in Scottish football. Yeah. I bet the marketing people love them for that one, eh? <laughs> yeah. And the BBC. Yeah. Um, so it's a, a shame. I mean, obviously, it was to hear what the SPFL board say about it. Uh, as Dundee appealed for them to urgently intervene yesterday. There's nothing we can do. I don't think they'll do anything, no. But, um, so it's a big shame because there was a big travel and support up at Inverness uh, at the weekend, which is obviously a much more arduous journey than, than going to Stenishmuir. Um, they had what was the the crowd at Arbroath a few weeks back? It was two and a half thousand. I think, and what was a end, huge so. game for Arbroath, but yeah. they didn't. See, they seemed to back their players to handle the occasion. Yeah. So, what was different clubs have different approaches? I guess Queens Park maybe don't need the money. Well, I think it does smack of that a wee bit, eh, Bear? Well, I think that's the case. I mean, Wally Hawhey has got deep pockets. Um, he's looking at the bigger picture and, you know, taking a hit on the gate at, for the final game of the season. If his club make it to the, 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 the riches of the Premiership, he could find it's all worth it. But it's a strange one, Tom, but it's the entertainment business. Which yes. other, any other, can you think any other entertainment business that would shut the gates with half of the arena empty and there's, there's, there's thousands outside waiting to get in? It just... It, it's really strange, and, and for me, I mean, obviously as a fan, I've been to quite a few of the way games this season, not them all, but quite a number, and I'll be disappointed if, if I can't get a ticket for that one, but there'll be, there'll be, there'll be quite a few that I've been to every single game and, and might not get a ticket for that one, and yeah. I think that's, maybe mm. that's something Dundee need to look at as well, and, and yeah. try to figure out who actually, place, yeah, yeah, put a system in place so that those who actually have been regular attenders will get first, first dibs at, at any tickets that are available, but... Yeah, it's a strange one, and you know, it is on the on the beam, and it, it would be really, you know, if it is the title is on the line and, and the stadium is half empty, what sort of what sort of picture does that paint of Scottish football? You know, as, when, when it's it's going live around the country for any, for for the people. Something that occurred to me: you talk a picture. Uh, what sort of picture does it paint of Scottish football? One of the pictures that's long been painted of Scottish football is Queens Park's a club that did things the right way. Queen's Park are held up as, you know, through their amateur days and stuff like that. 
Queen's Park or where I, mm-hmm. a, a, certain, yeah, yeah. a certain type Some of club. Sort of bust enough. And it, <laughs> I have no, I'm no doubts at all that there will be some Queen's Park fans who are uncomfortable about this mm-hmm. because, I mean, bizarrely, well, maybe not bizarrely, but and going way back in the in the depths of time, I had an uncle, because a lot of my family were from Glasgow, I had an uncle who was a Queen's Park supporter, and that's why he was a Queen's Park supporter. He, they did things the right way. Mm-hmm. They were an honourable club. They're one of the most famous clubs in the world. They're one of the yeah. oldest clubs in the world. And I, I tend to think, irrespective of if it's Dundee or not, I, I tend to think when you're in charge of a club, you do have a duty to adhere to the club's traditions. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the Queen's Park, an honourable club, I would have always said. And, and, and they've just destroyed it. And, I mean, someone you know a lot better than any of us, Alan, is Leanne Dempster. Until today, Leanne Dempster, I've always regarded as, I wish I wish she had Neil Doncaster's job. I wish she was. Because she was, to me, she was a shining light of what Scottish football should be. And I, and I don't know what she's thinking, and I don't know what our directors are thinking, that they think this is okay and and in the end we're probably talking about four or five hundred tickets but we're not talking five or six thousand tickets here mm-hmm. or anything like that and i just i just don't understand it to play devil's advocate she'll be thinking that it's not her job to make sure dundee fans have a nice time it's her job to look after queen's park and their interests um to play devil's advocate here there's this new sort of trend, I suppose you could call it, um, particularly when Rangers or Celtic have away games where the following days on Twitter, you, all you seem to see is pictures of empty sections of stadiums where they've yeah. visited and their fans are going, why not just give us what we want? Why not give us this application? Why not give us this much? See, and the response tends to be because it's easy to be kind of dismissive of that as, oh, that's a sense of entitlement, that's this, that's that. Home fans have got, you know, home teams, sorry, have got their own prerogatives and got the right to divvy up tickets any way they like. That's not a great deal different to what the feeling is with Dundee. No, they're I'm basically saying, I mean, no, I'm, listen. I'm, I'm with them, though. No, they're, no, I, they're I basically, understand what you're saying, but I'm with the Rangers and Celtic fans on that. I've, I've had a thing. I had a thing. I remember in 2003, Dundee fans were, were like, we want 30,000 tickets. And I was thinking, well, Rangers and Celtic fans, 50 or 60,000 of them go every second week. So what's home advantage then? The bigger club go. just gets the bigger cut for every single game? No, it's about fans that actually take the time to go. And and that's why, I mean, maybe the problem here is the authorities, like the thing where Rangers and Celtic have closed down away fans at old firm games, the authorities maybe at times need to look at more and need to look at further ahead and, and, and stop this kind of thing being an issue. Because, I mean, the fans that go every week are the fans that should be catered for. Even before, uh, I, I, I posted on a, a social media thing last Saturday, Dundee's promotion parties. Are you back at, on social media again? Uh, <laughs> not that one. Dundee's promotion parties at Primark. I even felt, for me, and a, and a different issue, for me, the BBC, and it can be done, Queen's Park should be playing tomorrow night because Dundee are playing tomorrow night and the league could be decided on that night and the, the 
the go and they should say to the BBC, you can put one of the games on the red button and one of the games on the BBC Scotland channel. Because punters have gone through a whole season and, and they keep going. I mean, and the, and the BBC itself, okay, oh, the championship, it never fails to deliver. Mm. It could, this could be, this whole thing about the tickets could be a moot point because it could be all over by Saturday night. And the Dundee fans have got nowhere to go because they've played tomorrow. And I just think that there's that thing where we always seem to be caught on the hop uh, as associations and organisations. Is, is there a chance, though, if, if the, the league is concluded by Saturday night that Queen's Park might change their tune and Dundee fans might tell them where to go with their tickets yeah. but I would doubt that if, if, the, if the trophy's actually going to, and it the, will be it would be getting handed out at yeah. local view I mean I don't see why they couldn't yeah the, for the moment I mean I think it's fag packet maths on my, on my yeah, part yeah. but I think they've basically given Dundee fans 10% of the attendance the problem yeah. is the venue's right. too small yeah. so the, but I, I, I just well, not a lot not but, a lot of Queen's Park fans but see going. this but this notion that, I mean, they have given Dundee a respectable portion of their stadium for a game which they are at this moment in time much, desperate yeah. to have an advantage in. I just, why it's their home game, it's their home game, they can do what they want fundamentally. And I respect the right for any team to make the most of their home well, advantage. That's what I'm saying. It's I don't think, end it's time to end that. It's time to end that. I think, well, I mean, I go back actually, bizarrely, I go back to the time when Rangers hit the skids mm -hmm. and speaking to people at the time and one of the things I've always said I've always gone for a baseball or an American football type commissioner to take it away from the clubs because however many fa uh, sorry however many clubs voted in the sense of well we think Rangers got themselves into trouble so they go down to the bottom one there was at least as many clubs went Get them down to the bottom because they'll be in my division playing at our team twice mm -hmm. and it'll be full. And they're playing the next season, they're expecting one division up and these clubs will get all the money. And it, it wasn't right. It, was, it wasn't fair uh, to approach it that way. And, and with this thing, it's just, I, I just find it, like you say, Bear, it's supposed to be a fan's game. And we'll go back just a few weeks. Our broth. Yeah. Arbroath went, no, Arbroath could have turned around and said, don't let the Dundee fans in. But they went, well, we'll back our players, we'll back our manager, yeah. we'll get a point, if, we'll get a, a situation. If and Dundee it, had sold 10,000 tickets for that game, Arbroath would have crammed them in in some yeah. shape or form. <laughs> um, and, and it just... It's it, quite, it is bizarre. I understand Alan's rightly making what happens to Celtic and Rangers, but I'd be inclined to take Celtic and Rangers out of the equation. They are different beasts compared to every other club in yeah. Scottish football. Um, but the debate's the same. Yeah, fundamentally. No, no, I understand that. I understand yeah. that. But I, I would still suggest that Queen's Park, you know, uh, for a game that is the, effectively could be the league decider, whatever happens, the league trophy will be handed out. For a stadium that holds 3,700, if Queen's Park stick to their guns, there's unlikely to be 1,000 people in that stadium. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, it seems very strange to me. I'm not, I'm not yeah. arguing that in no. any way that it won't be a lesser spectacle. Yeah. It will. My point is that I think we need to respect the prerogative of home yeah. crowds, and that's a I debate that's, that's... I will not respect that. I think it's wrong. It's absolutely yeah. wrong. That's a it? debate that's becoming more relevant now, and I just think there's no, there's no big difference in terms of the debate of... A Celtic fan saying, "Why didn't you give us nine thousand tickets for your stadium?" For, to Dundee fans.
fans saying, why aren't you giving us 3,000 mm-hmm. tickets for Rock of You? There is a slight difference. Moved, moved fans to, yeah. let, to mm-hmm. let the number that wanted their fans in, yeah. but moved them to a, a different, different place in the stand yeah. to let more, more money in. And I, I just... I just don't, I don't get it. Uh, more so, I mean, I, I mean, I am, I'm, I'm quite disgusted that Queen's Park, because of their tradition, they've let this happen. But again, I'm sitting and lo- looking at the people that are in charge of Scottish football, and these things, these sort of things, keep happening because they don't seem to see what might happen. Stop it. If I'm in the marketing department of the SFA or the SPFL just now, I'm banging my head. They're trying to get people to pay. People don't... I mean, I've spoken... I was saying to George before I came on here, no no names, no pack drill. A guy I know, not through football, has made good money well done to him. And a club has approached him several times in the last 10 years. And because he's a season ticket holder and he has nothing against that particular club, but I was at a, a do with him once and he said to me, why would I get involved in Scottish football? Why would I want <laughs> to? Because there keeps being things that are distasteful and don't like. And, and, and if you ask people in marketing departments, there are folk turning away to other clubs because they don't, they don't like it. There's also an issue too. You, I can't get my, my daughter won't watch a Dundee game, a Scottish game. She watches, she watches Chelsea or she watched mm. Man, Man City the other night on my, on my f- wallet, I'll have to say. <laughs> and, and I mean, I've got a mate who's got a son. We, 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 I went to Milan in November to watch a game. Laddie was, Laddie was quick to go and say, oh, that'll be a great trip. Doesn't want to go and see Scottish football. He's 17, 18. Mm-hmm. And... It's a, it's a dangerous thing because it does keep happening. Things like this where fans and sponsors and stuff like that, like, oh, it's, it's no nice, it's no good, it doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't feel good. And, and why the authorities keep letting these things happen is beyond me. I don't think SPFL will change it, certainly aren't. They're, no. they're I don't think they'll do No, they don't, they don't. And so it could be what it is, but as you say, I think... You know, it's Queen's Park that will take the hit one one way or another. I, th- I think you know, um, and I'll be, I'll be sad. But I mean, the good thing is for Dundee fans, it is on the television. Yeah. But you know, the season yeah, we've been going at this now for nine months, so it would have been nice to the, the final game of the season to have a packed house again. And it can still be the decider. What a way to finish the season off! Yeah. So. And they'll do a lap of honour round, <laughs> round one goal behind, I think. And I, I go back to it. I'm so disappointed in Leanne Dempster because I, I thought, I've always thought since she came into football, this was somebody who had their head screwed on it and, and, and did the right things and the sensible things. And I just I just think, and even, I go back to the thing as well. If I was a Queen's Park player, I'd be like, oh... Thanks for the vote of confidence yeah. there. Yeah. I've got to say as well, Queen's Park have spent the entire season being underdogs and probably being yeah. at games where even their home games, the majority of fans have yeah. been away fans and they've coped with it pretty well, I've got <laughs> to say. So, yeah. you know. uh, it just, it just to be clear, I, I, the one thing that we don't seem to be factoring in, and I would probably say it would be unlikely, but I'm, I'm not through there, so I don't know what sort of initiatives they're doing, but 
they might also be hoping for a swelled home crowd if that proves to be a decider. We're all assuming that Queen's Park can't drum up a crowd, well, a respectable they've, they've, crowd. Now, they are, as you rightly point out, they're a club that quite a lot of people in Glasgow and beyond are quite fond of. And if that is a last day of the season, shootout, winner takes all, are they going to put on perhaps ticket offers? Are they going to have incentives? Maybe they actually want to sell tickets to their fans. I'll tell you what they're doing. I read it before it came in and I, and I was... Uh, Surprised that they've said now it's maybe it's it's maybe not worded very well. They have basically said there is there is a public sale that finishes this Friday, and it's basically members and season ticket holders. Which again, it shows Queen's Park are a bit different members. Remember, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a, do- a golf club. I was thinking, <laughs> but they they've said members and season ticket holders, if they wish, can get an extra ticket. But they've also said that Queen's Park fans will be housed in the main stand. Only uh, my remember of, my memory of it is it, it only holds a few hundred. I was thinking, surely you must have somewhere. Because what if they all do want an extra ticket? Where are they going to go? But uh, I mean, they haven't had they haven't had a thousand fans this season, and, uh, and it would be uh, it would be great. But I just. No, I absolutely yeah. agree that precedent would suggest that it won't be. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying we can't uh, yeah. we can't discount that they are hoping for a bumper home crowd. And if they've already sold two and a half thousand tickets to Dundee fans, then they they would then be faced with the prospect of what if there's our own uh, fans that don't I'm want. It's, to, all, it's all it's all finished by tomorrow for their uh, home fans. It's bizarre. I, 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 I do hope I'm not picking it up something right mm-hmm. that they've said. They've said there is no public sale. Uh, for tickets, tickets are available for their uh, members and their season ticket holders. Yeah. Surely, I'd, I've, I have a feeling that by the time we get to next week, the the the, the whole argument will have turned a little bit, and, and Queens yeah. Park will offer a few more tickets. I think. I think that's the way it'll go, just to appease any problems uh, going into the game next next week. Is there any? I mean, Oakleview, is there any? Problems with segregation with that. that Well, I'm trying to think is the the bit there's the stand behind one of the goals, Mm -hmm. which is usually where the away fans are. There's the main stand, uh, as Tam says, it's going to be the home fans, and then there's kind of terracing, I think, around the the rest. I was there there for a league game, and there was a few few United. So it'll be interesting to see if there's people in that. I remember there's a five a side (laughs) (laughs) goals, but that doesn't really help. But the capacity is what three thousand seven hundred officially. If they can actually do that these days, I I don't know. But that suggests to me that Terrison has enough space to put Mm -hmm. in more fans. But I don't know how you segregate that. I wonder if there's an element in that phrasing that you're talking about, Tammy. They will be very, very cognizant of Dundee fans. Their initial sort of sales uh-huh. period will be to ensure here's how many Dundee fans are coming, here's how many yeah. of our fans coming, and then as George says, at that point when you there'll, maybe, the space, be, there'll yeah. maybe be a sensible like kind of consideration uh-huh. on matters. But for the moment, I think it's all been uh, it's, it's all up it's all a bit intense in terms of the debate talk going to the SPFL and things. I mean, I think that's the. I think that's the. Had to show, I think they had to show they were doing something. Yes. Yes. They have yeah. to feel. I say, but I think the SPFL are going to say, well, 
Yeah, no. I th- there's always there's always an element of playing to the gallery. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll you say that. So, to do something, don't I'll, you? I'll say that so George doesn't have to say that. <laughs> He's the one that has to go and speak to these yes. people. But I th- there's there's always an element of playing yeah. to the gallery with yeah. these things. Yeah, they, they have to show that you're fighting for your for yeah. your fans, your free, for your people. So yeah, whatever the truth is, you, you can't say games <laughs> up the poly. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> you've got to. But I don't. I, 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 the only people that are in a position to change it. There's also a thing as well. If if it does drag into like next week, because in fairness. I mean, it's not just as simple as saying we'll let in because they know what crowd they've been getting all season. They'd have to arrange stewarding and stuff like that if they're going to let more people in. So they they could easily run out of team, but it's just, I just think it's it's quite disappointing when you can... Just when when you're talking about... I mean, I would totally understand if they'd have said, look, we can't can't do any more than 800... there's just there's just no other way to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that, but I well, the, the big I think I had a look back at all the attendances. The biggest they had was when Partick came to play them at Ockelview. It was sixteen hundred was what they had in. That was on January second, so you'd expect a decent fall on from Partick. Yeah, I, I was I went through because I, I caught my dinner this morning when I saw it, and I went through and I had over three and a half, three thousand at her. Yeah, a home game against, <laughs> no, I had to Ka- check. against Hamilton. I was like, "How did they manage to get three thousand? But it was, uh, but they took it, they took the game uh, uh, for a reason. They had to take it to whatever the reason they took it to Hamden. I went, "Oh, duh, now I get it." <laughs> but but George, let's be fair. Dundee are going to do the business tomorrow night, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> They're playing bottom of the league. It's, uh, at home, sounds good, doesn't it? Um, I think they are. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't have the same worries. I don't think um, it's a great fixture. I think for Dundee at this point, um, they were good up at Inverness. Um, they should have won that game. Dominated it for sixty-five minutes, seventy minutes. But the the problem they had all se- they've had all season is not taking their chances in the in these games and came back to haunt them again. Um, as Inverness scored late on. Um, but I, I don't see Dundee having the same sort of issue against this Cove Rangers team that have really, really struggled since the turn of the year. Obviously, they won last week at Arbroath um, in a massive game for them, but I think on this kind of occasion, if Dundee get a good start and if if Dundee score early, then I, I think it's going to be a really enjoyable night for the the fans that get into the end park. Yeah. I mean, to combine the two subjects... Even if you, if you're going to enter in a bit of skullduggery, wait till Sunday because they've fired the, cl- the the teams up. And there's going to be an atmosphere there tomorrow yeah, night. That's now, a fair it? point. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be a noisy place. It's good. It's going to be jumping. I'm really looking forward to it. To be honest, um, I, I wasn't. I, I was in the building with the last time Dundee won the league, but I wasn't doing that game back in 2014. I, I can imagine that must have been quite. A, Enjoyable day, bear if you can remember. Oh, oh, no. I can remember it. It was enjoyable, but intensely nervous. Yeah, I don't expect that to be the case. One nil Forger. One nil Morton. Two nil Morton. Three nil Morton. Four nil Morton. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was reading Paul. It Hart- was mass panic. Yeah, I was reading Paul Hartley's <laughs> quotes this morning, and he remembered he, because the cover at the end was obviously on Friday. He remembered yeah. being on the other side of the coin. He was in the home dugout that day. And you know, you always felt that Dundee just needed a, a draw to get the win, and they were they were winning two one. And you know, it wasn't he said it wasn't until they came off the park they'd realised that right. that Morton had actually capitulated. Yeah, um, you know, um, 
Yeah, probably, probably, probably just as well, but everybody in the like state. I said Martin, it was, uh, yeah. it was, it was Hamilton yeah. that were. Yeah, Hamilton. Against the Morton side who had beaten Dundee just two weeks earlier. Um, but probably just as well because in the stadium everyone knew what was what was going on and it was a nail biting finish to that game and it, it's the stuff of legends. It, Kyle Leathern pulled off a fight. Yeah. I think it was Brian Brian Prunty was he the striker for? It was a Prunty. I'm not sure if it was Brian, but, yeah, but right headed into the bottom corner and he, he got an extended arm and got it around the post and people always remember that. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping it's not going to be that sort of nervy Actually, I remember laughing that afternoon. I, I remember thinking there was a sto stonewall penalty oh, yeah. that game. Yeah. And was it Kyle Benedict, I, thought, I think, maybe? I thought the, ref the referee had his finger on his head. I thought, is that, <laughs> is that Neil Doncaster? <laughs> <laughs> Don't give a penalty. <laughs> if a team wins the league on Novaka, a 10-goal victory, yeah. there's going to be trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, another link to this, we can obviously... Hartley been in the other dugout on Friday. Should Dundee do the business against Cove and then it comes to Saturday, Dougie Emery in charge of Martin might win Dundee the league. Well, that's imagine that. You know, he could favourite events. Well, he, finally, he, he, he could be. He could go from. I remember him as being popular at Dundee. <laughs> it, could, it could be redemption. <laughs> it could be Dougie. He'll Emery's, never have been more popular. Dougie Emery's redemption yeah. weekend. But first of all, Dundee have got to do the yeah, business do. against Cove. Uh, people are going. It's, it's going to be a nervy affair, but. It shouldn't be a nervy affair because ultimately, if things don't go to plan, they've still got another game. Yeah. They've still got uh, another chance. But I'm expecting Dun Dun, as George said, I was up at Inverness last week. That is the best. I've been to Inverness quite a few times. That is the best performance mm -hmm. I've seen from a Dundee team. And they didn't win the game, but that is the best performance that absolutely hammered Inverness. Yeah. Certainly, first 45 minutes, first 25 minutes, Inverness couldn't get out of their own half. And I've done these start like that against Cove. You would expect more chances to come their yeah. way. And I, I know. I, I remember thinking, Inverness have won the last six games. They're yeah. supposed to be the informed team, yes. and they've been they haven't kicked the ball no, yet. They, mm -hmm. never, they never got at Dundee. Yeah. So that's the sort. That's the sort of start Dundee need against Cove. And you know, as Gary Boyer saying in the papers this morning, the fans have got to be patient. Absolutely, because Cove were at Dens the last time. Uh, Scott Fox was playing for time with a first goal kick. Had to so be that's patient what, just for goal kicks. Yeah. That's what we're going to have to put. That's what we're mm -hmm. going to have to put up with. And remember that Dundee didn't get the goals in the first half, but ultimately ended up comfortable winners. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm 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 really looking forward to the game. I think Dundee, the way they're playing at this point in time, will get the result that's required. But I've got a sneaky feeling that Queens Park will beat Morton on <laughs> Saturday. I yeah. do. I, I really do. I think that they've got it in the locker. They're a good enough side to go there and get a victory. They've lost there this season. I know Morton have still got something to play for there, but I've got a sneaky feeling that Queens Park will get a result which will take it to the last game. So, still a lot to play for. But it's, it's getting down to nitty gritty. It's really exciting. The real benefit that Dundee have is we're just you know discussing the the time wasting there and <laughs> the, the the satisfaction of desperately trying to grab a point. Cove Rangers situation is now so stark that you would say that a point, depending on what Hamilton yeah. do, might be a decent result. But honestly, do you want to be relying on that? Cove Rangers have two games of football left to play yeah. to get themselves off bottom. They need to win some games. They need to get points on the board because they've got a goal difference of minus 36. So they're not jumping above anyone if they finish level on points mm -hmm. with them. So that is the one big benefit that you would say from a Dundee they perspective. They have to go for it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't expect them to go from out the gate, yeah. but as as you guys rightly point out, 
there's no need, we, no, excuse me, there's no reason for fans to get on Dundee players' backs if it goes maybe, you know, 60 minutes without mm. a goal because at some point, Cove will probably go, we need to come out a wee bit. Yeah. And at that point, you mm-hmm. can... So, so uh, I think uh, I think the, the situation of this game is maybe a little bit better than it was in the Bumble. That, yeah, that's interesting. Because I, I think they've got, I think they've got Morton in the last day, which is... If Morton are still in the mix for the playoffs, that's going to be a really tough one. And then our both are playing a Hamilton on the, on the final day, so yeah. could even be out of Cove's hands. Um, so yeah, so this 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 could be it for them, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think as well, having having had a rant about Queens Park, I don't think the league have done great them great favours this weekend. Where uh, I watched them uh, last Friday in their their game against there, and they looked like a team. With a plan, they've they've put together. They've they've come up their first season up. They've done brilliantly. They've put together a team that looks like. And hey, they'll take promotion if they get promotion, and quite rightly too. But to me, it struck me as a team that they've it's still a team in progress in terms of their ambition to end up the Premier League. Now it might come a year or two sooner than they expected, but it doesn't change the fact that when they were signing players last year. They've signed some decent players. Other players didn't look quite the standard to go to the Premier League. These boys are now on, they're under a bit of pressure because if Dundee win, it's much, I, I would bet you Owen Coyle would say he would much rather his team was running out this weekend, kicking off at the same time as Dundee, because he'll expect Dundee to win. And if they win Friday night, it puts, a bit yeah. of pre- it puts a bit of pressure on yeah, sort of teams. 20, 24 hours, they've got 24 hours yeah, to think about it as well. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they've had a great season and, and it'll always be a great season. But over the next week or so, if they don't win promotion after being top for so long, it's going to hurt for all that. You look back and go, that's an amazing achievement. Two promotions in a row and they've spent so much of the season at the top. But it puts pressure on some inexperienced players and it's... It, I th- again, I think it's a bit harsh. I think it, it's a thing where they could have found a way of playing both games Friday night. Mm. But then on the flip side of that, Queen's Park have, have been on the flip side of that quite a lot of late. They've Because of their situation with Oakleview and not always been able to play a Saturday, they've had quite a lot of Friday night games ahead of Dundee playing on the Saturday. That mm-hmm. air game, they were 24 hours. They could have yeah. put pressure on Dundee and they, mm-hmm. they failed to really. They, they allowed Dundee the the kind of the cushion to say a draw is okay at Inverness because I kept them ahead and that has happened what two or three times in the past past month that they've played 24 hours ahead so Dundee's turn I guess yeah but still I still feel I know what you mean again, second I, last game it's, and it's that, that yeah, thing about when you're, the, the, the people in charge sort of say well let's once once it gets near the end keep it going so it keeps it yeah keep the keep the people because for a start, the fans are used to going to the games on a Friday night anyway. Because that's what that's what they usually do. It's probably they're more suited this season. I, I feel it could the fixtures could have been worked out a wee bit better uh, in that sense. But but right now, Dundee are at least going into it with a bit of form, aren't they? Yeah, that's eight unbeaten now. I think the last two have been obviously draws, um, but they are. As a team, they're, they're looking pretty decent. The thing that was missing on Saturday is the thing that has been a problem in terms of decision-making in the final third. That's what Gary Bosch keeps saying it every every week, that they're just not quite making the right decisions at times. Um, 
and the, despite dominating that game, they didn't miss many big chances. Did they? Bear? There was a couple in the, in the first chance. Yakubiak had a good one, and Hannan had one that deflected just wide. Um, so I, they need to fix that over the next two games. But I do fancy them to do it when it matters, and they do have a lot of options as well. He's they've not even been able to have Max Anderson on the bench the last two weeks. He's been left out, coming back from his injury, um, and they've got boys that are scoring goals. I mean, Robinson and Yukubak both scored against Cove the last time at Dens. And Kwame Thomas, probably unfortunate not to get a start after scoring two mm. goals a week before. So mm. they've got, they do have good players in confidence. And Lyle Cameron, we haven't even mentioned his goal from Saturday. A backheel volley. It was ridiculous. It was one of those where, did he actually, when you see it and you think, did he actually just do that? It, it, was, it was a great finish. You're oh, looking at me. Goodness, he did. Yeah. It's been 13 goals for the season as well. Can we care back? Fit enough He's fit, yeah, but I think uh, Josh Mulligan's been doing well enough at right back that, that it's Boyer's style that... Player that's been through it all. be an interesting one if it goes to the last game and Dundee yeah. need a point to have Dundee, you know what I'm Just saying? Just goes for Cammy, yeah. Whether he stores dead, Cammy, yeah. yeah, absolutely, in that sort of situation. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's for another day. But, you know, I think I think you'll stick with Mulligan. Um, it, it tends to if you if you've not done anything wrong or yeah. you're playing well, you keep your place. It, it tends to yeah. be the, the mantra. So it's Cammy's been fit for a few weeks now, um, but he's been quite happy with Mulligan. It'd be a great one. He, he'll be desperate to play in his testimonial year and all that. Exactly. And, and his love, his love for the club. Ah, win the title again. He'd be the only one left from mm -hmm. 2014. Uh, that might hope that might be held against him. <laughs> Everybody was nervous that day. <laughs> but anyway, only time will tell. And now we'll cross over the road. Right, Alan. After all my tantrums, you must you must be delighted that United are surging ahead and getting out of that kind of nervy tension that comes with the relegation stroke promotion. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Alan, Alan, come on. Good come on. grief. Uh, let's bear in mind that they are still level on points with 11 place Kilmarnock, so they're not out of anything right now. And that is very, very much the message that Jim Goodwin's been trying to um, emphasise. Like, you'll know this from, from back in the day when you speak to a manager and you're trying to get a few different lines, you know, a few, a few bits yeah. and bobs, touching a few things. But they always go back to a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, over. <laughs> exactly. That was that was Jim and we, ch we chatted on Tuesday afternoon. It was um, every every single sentence seemed to conclude with, but we know nothing's been achieved yet. <laughs> so um, they're they're clearly trying to guard against complacency. But things are evidently moving in the right direction. There's no debate about that. It's three Premiership victories in a row for the first time since October 2021. It's three successive Premiership games in which they've scored two or more goals for the first time since May 2016. So oh. this isn't just a good Ooh. run yeah. in the context of where they were under Liam Fox. This is a good run in the context of Dundee United in recent years. So um, really positive. Things are moving in the right direction. And what I would say is the thing that I think is really positive is I still don't think they've clicked quite yet. You know, mm. they're doing... The, the shape's good, the energy's good, they're tenacious, and there's a... I mean, I'm reluctant to say simplistic because at this level of football, nothing's simplistic, but the attacking, you know, it's direct. It's down the flank. They get the ball into the box. They feed Stephen Fletcher and go from there, you know. And 
that's that's working fine. But in terms of you know Livingston had more of the ball at the weekend, I think we can get to a point where Dundee United are dominating the ball against a team like yeah. Livingston. Um, there can be uh, you know I think we saw in the first kind of half an hour when Jamie McGrath was playing as number ten, you saw the really good goal that they scored that was neat and tidy. And I thought that first half an hour we. Jamie McGrath playing in the 10 there was real signs of it clicking and then it got a wee bit scrappy Jamie went off injured and and then I don't think the momentum quite um, recovered in terms of them playing nice football but I think they were the better team throughout nonetheless and I think fans can take a little bit of optimism from the fact that I think there's still a wee bit to go and it's a shame that the games are running out to be honest yeah. and, and, th- and there's a sense that you know what could have been you know, mm. and if if this Dundee United team had been, you know, more evident from the, the get-go, because not only do they look like a side that is on the right path to survival, yeah. it's not assured, but they're on the right path to survival, they just look a good team in the context of Premiership football. Mm. You know, they've... Motherwell went to Parkhead and got a point. I was going to say, that, <laughs> makes, <laughs> that makes your understandably cautious approach <laughs> even more difficult. It couldn't have worked out better that way for United. Not only did they win three in a row... One of the team, they, they beat Motherwell away, mm-hmm. and then they go, Motherwell got a point against Celtic. Mm-hmm. No, I think that that's it. It's I think the context of that result, Motherwell had won their prior five and seven, but yeah. I think maybe there was a sense of, oh, Motherwell know they're safe now, so maybe yeah. uh-huh. maybe they were starting to tail off and, and Dundee United have taken advantage. But Motherwell clearly are not tailing no. off. They've, they've just gone through to They're not to quite safe yet either. No, I mean, if you look at the table, six points. Absolutely. So I just, uh, yeah, it's, it's really positive. Hibs, you know, really good one. Livingston, good one. I, I think Motherwell was the most impressive of the lot, particularly because they went behind. So it's a team that's now shown guts and, and gumption as well as um, fixing a few problems. And now the next stage, I think, is can they go out and dominate games of football because they've got the technical players mm-hmm. to be the mm. uh, to make the running in games and I'm, I'm not sure they've, they've quite done that just yet and just to build on Alan's numbers from before I had a wee look back at I was interested to see when the last one three in, in the top flight was what 2021 I looked back the previous one in the top flight they had Nadir Chifchi, Ryan Gold, and Andy <laughs> Robertson playing. Yeah, which tells you does, doesn't happen very often. <laughs> no, it's, it's sad when people don't reach their potential, isn't it? They just, just you know, peter out. Yeah, it just shows you how how rare uh, an occurrence that is. Right. Well, but, but Alan used a a word there, bare simplistic. Is that a sign of a good manager? Because uh, I've spoken to managers before. You come in during a campaign. You have to know what you know what you can you want to do, but you have to know what's achievable mm-hmm. with players on a training pitch, especially in the yeah. second half of the season yeah, yeah, yeah. when there's midweek games and stuff like that. And, yeah. and and as Alan says, there's a lot more to come, but he's done what he knows the players are able to manage when they're preparing yeah. for games every few days. Yeah, Jim Goodwin's gonna gonna point them in the right direction, put them in the right slots. Manager I, of the I, year I, for me. Make it a manager of the month at this yeah, rate, to be fair. Possibly, yeah, the way, the way it's going. Yeah, it's, it's not rocket science, you know. You defend well, you keep it tight at the back. You win the battles in midfield, you get the ball forward to the areas you're going to score goals, and you score goals, and they're doing that. And the, the win on Saturday, is, it's a, you know, it's a great win because, one, they've taken quite an early lead. They've then got to defend that lead yeah. for a lengthy period of the match, and they go and kill the game off with five minutes to go, and... You know, yeah, Jim Goodman's done a, done a fantastic job. 
listen, Jim Goodwin, we all know he's a good manager. We all know what happened at Aberdeen. It got into a spiral out of control. Like so many other managers before him that have been in a similar situation, he loses his job. The surprise was that he came back. He came back so quickly. He gambled on his own ability to take a, yeah. a really, really tough that assignment. That was my worry, not his yeah. general ability. Just yeah. was it the right time Was it mentally? the right time for him, yeah. And he's, at this point in time, he is doing that and he's got United to a position where they can avoid relegation, where they can avoid the playoff slot. I mean, as I've always said to him, a point a game in that Premiership almost guarantees you survival. Mm -hmm. Three games ago, United had played 30 and, and had, I think, 22 points, something like that. They were a mile off it. Now, if they can win their next game against St. Johnson first after the split, they'll, they'll go on to 34 for 34. That is a yeah. point a game. That will keep their heads above water. You look at Ross County now, played 33. They're six points off at the moment, 27 points. So that's what Jim Goodwin has done. And he's not done anything great changes to, to the way the team lines up. But he's basically got the players and told them, reassured them that they wouldn't be at Dundee United if they weren't a good player. We've been saying it throughout the season, Dundee United have got a good team. Mm -hmm. But they were making basic errors in games, not just the defence, not just the goalkeeper, right the, from the, from top to bottom. And he's eradicated that. And as a result, you know, they've been rewarded with points. But nobody would have expected Dungeon to win their last three games. So they really are on an absolutely brilliant run. And like we said, maybe the season's going to end too early yeah. for them. But what I would say as well is if United can keep on that run and finish the season strongly, they can take that it's into next season. How many day. times have we yeah. seen a team finish in the final, you know, they might be safe in that league and finishing the season really poorly with maybe four or four defeats in a draw or something like that. And then they start the season sluggishly as well. So, yeah, keep it going because one... United when they went down in 2016, yep, it actually started That's, that was a spiral. 18 months was, yeah. before. It was, exactly. So, yeah, keep it going. They've still got a job to do and everyone... I would say, I mean, George says Motherwell, I don't see Motherwell getting... Uh, no, but... Yeah, yeah mathematic, mathematically. Yeah. St. Johnston look as though they are going to get hauled right back in yeah. and they will be hauled back in if you need to beat them at McDermott Park. First game after the split, but it's another massive game to look forward mm -hmm. to. And before we go on to the post-flip... Yeah. Flip? Flip? Sorry, we'll scrub that. <laughs> before we go on to the, the general thing, while we're making much of individual... Performances surely the player of the year dinner for United will be the shortest announcement <laughs> in the history of the club. Stephen Fletcher, well, I don't know. Alan, Alan no, we talked about that last week, and Alan, <laughs> Alan said, Cool, Craig Sibble, didn't no, you? I think it's, it's player of the year, it's not player of the since Jim Goodwin took the job. It's, he's been good all season, um, Stephen Fletcher, but there's been games in which, through absolutely no fault of his own, he has been completely ineffective in. Mm -hmm. Like he's, you know, he's he's fought for every ball, he's worked hard, he's, but he's been so isolated. That's been there was the story of Dundee United season you're for so a long. Hard man, aren't you? No, it's not your fault, but you're not getting it. That's that's <laughs> it's you know we we can't you know you can't give people plaudits based on what they would have probably done with the ball if they got chances. You know, it's, <laughs> it's uh, whereas I, I would say Craig Sibbledon as he's Behitch through even the darkest times for Dundee United mm. were bright sparks affected every single game of football they've played in pretty much and I think that would be your two contenders but what I would say is Stephen Fletcher is a, a fabulous footballer still um, fit as a fiddle mm -hmm. um, and we're seeing now that if you supply him with chances he'll score goals. Yeah. You know, he's it's it's probably a big ask, but if he scores thirteen goals, he's not scored more than thirteen goals 
since 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. So he's, you know, he's four goals away from equaling his best tally since yeah. then. So um, he's also on course to play 40 games this season, which will be the third consecutive season in which he's played 40 games. So all this talk about his age and fitness, and I think we can sometimes be drawn into yeah. making a little bit too much of that mm. in, in modern football. He is, he is he's clearly fit as a fiddle and relishing uh, his football. Like he's enjoying playing under Jim Goodwin. I think he's enjoyed the fact that one of the first things Jim's come in and said is, we need to get bodies around Stephen Fletcher. Yeah. Um, and as he's Behich and uh, Niskanen, uh, McMahon, Freeman, they've clearly been told the moment you get two yards of space, whip the ball into the box and give him something to attack. So... Um, He's really benefiting from that, and yeah, I, I mean, Jim Goodwin said he's got another two seasons in him at Premiership That's level. Easy. See if Stephen Fletcher avoids injury, he could go for. Ah. I'm, I mean, I'm thinking back to watching Craig Brewster. You know, is mm-hmm. see when you see when you're a, a technical player who really looks after himself. There's no reason why that, that couldn't be a comparable longevity. Stephen Fletcher never relied on his pace. No. So uh, I think back to someone like Craig Brewster yeah. and, and think, well, why not? Because he is, as I say, that's that's injury dependent because as fit as he is, he's got miles on the clock. However, if he stays clear of injury, then I think 38 years old could be a conservative estimate yeah. for him. I, I mean, some of, the, some, some of the, the, the great players in the modern modern era have always relied on their, their work ethic and their fitness. Mm-hmm. But if you look, the ones that last into their late 30s are the ones that have a great football and brain. They know where to be, and, know, and then you need luck with injuries and stuff like that. But I mean, it's an interesting one. You see, I, I, I get frustrated when I look at the way United have played in the last few weeks and Fletcher's performances. As you say, a lot of the time it's not been his his fault. But how many goals could he have either scored or been involved in if they'd had the people near mm-hmm. him on the pitch? Yeah. No, I think that's a frustration that you share with many, many Dundee United fans, <laughs> to be honest. And Stephen Fletcher, probably. <laughs> probably <laughs> exactly, <laughs> probably Stephen Fletcher. Yeah, I think you can you can take his happiness now as maybe a, a, a tacit sort of condemnation of how uh, uh, how much of a struggle he's went through at certain times this season because he's um, he's quite clearly loving life just at the moment, leading the line in, in this team. I was interested in the paper this week, Al. Um, I think it was you that did the stories. It started off with... I think Jim Goodwin saying that Stephen Fletcher could play until he's 38 and another few years because he's so fit and, and, and talking up Stephen Fletcher. And then the following night, it was Stephen Fletcher saying that Jim Goodwin should be given the job for another couple of years. There's a bit of mutual appreciation going on. I, I think they're very much enjoying working together. That's, and, and it's, um, I, I think that's probably a feeling that's quite pervasive in the yeah. Dundee United yeah. dressing room, but... It takes, I mean, we all know in this room, like, it takes an experienced player to have the confidence to come out and say, yeah, give him the job. Why not? You know, a younger player or a a less cocksure player Mm. might say, oh, well, you know, there's plenty of time to go and anything can happen between now and the end of the season. I saw a wee bit of a documentary about Mark Noble's career on BT the other night and he was saying how he'd never forget Alan Partridge playing him and Alan Partridge that's gone in the title I beg, 100% I beg my pardon I beg Alan thank you some West Ham, Ham fans would probably rather had Alan Partridge sorry but he, he mentioned that uh, Alan Partridge re- used him in a number of big games including his sub in a a, a playoff final 
in the last 20 minutes, he brought him on as a 70-year-old and they were, they were hanging on against uh, it was Preston or somebody like that. And I could, uh, just what you say, he didn't say that when he was 17, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Alan Fargy probably would have liked him have said it around about that time. Yeah. He was under pressure at yeah. West Ham, but he was a, a younger player then and didn't want to get involved and all that. But experienced players who know the game and who have a brain. Yeah. No one, no one to say the right things. He's quite, uh, I think, yeah, Stephen Fletcher has got to the stage in his career. I think you would say Stephen, guys like Stephen Fletcher and Charlie Mulgrew are at the stage now where I don't think they need to worry about no. um, censure from the club or anything. You know, he's, mm. they're, they're experienced guys and uh, they know their own mind and generally are, are fascinating guys to speak to, which is, uh, you know, always what you want. Always got an opinion, always got a thought. Um, so. Also, whatever age that are, you can understand why Jim Goodwin has eulogised them because managers are like anyone just as we love seeing really good players managers love coaching mm -hmm. very good players 100% he wants to build a team around Stephen Fletcher next season uh, he will, that will require him to still be here next season and if it carries on like this it is inconceivable that he won't be but there's, I don't think there's any doubt that he wants to build a team around Stephen Fletcher as a as a number nine and, and build on some of this really good work that's that's gone on so far and yeah I'm, I'm you're talking about momentum carrying over between seasons I think it's a really good point because, that's because I've, we've seen it we've seen yeah, it happen, yeah. I'm, I'm already I, like I, I'm you know not a Dundee United fan I, I just report on the club but I'm quite excited about next season yeah. you know and that could be famous last words because it could be a season in the championship I'm talking yeah. about but as it stands now with the way I think things are going I'm actually quite excited to see what a Jim Goodwin team with a proper pre-season mm -hmm. under them would do next season because it does feel like there's a wee bit of momentum built on I mean the, the post split fixtures are probably everything United would want it's a big series of five games, if you like, because to me, Jim Goodwin will be there at the start of next season if they're in the Premier League. And if they're the Premier League, it looks like a great long-term appointment, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you use the word long-term in this game with <laughs> advisories, but yeah, I... I I think he's done enough so far to suggest that he's... The, the way I look at it is, I mean, hell, even if they were to finish 11th and it was to be a playoff and all this, I just look at it and think, hypothetically, if Jim Goodman doesn't stay on, what marketplace are you looking in for mm. your next manager? Who Who is yeah. your next manager? And Dundee United seem to go into every summer looking for a new boss. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one summer where they seem to have a good guy at the helm, he wants to stay there. I would assume they would want him to stay. It seems a no-brainer to me. Um, obviously, if they were to capitulate from this point onwards, the, the conversation becomes yeah. different. But I don't see any sign of that happening. And as I say, it's as much about... You know, there's, there's an element, I think Jim Goodman's done a very good job, but there's also an element of who else is there out there? What marketplace would you be shopping in for a new manager? And I don't think there's anyone out there right now that you would rather have in that dugout than Jim Goodman. Yeah, and how good it to be a United fan to have a successful Jim Goodwin there taking United and back into the sort of higher half of the division and he's made all these mistakes at Aberdeen <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you've, got, you've also got a Jim Goodwin who is, has really got a point to prove yeah, as well yeah. you've got a hungry manager um, his first task was to keep United in that division and let's be clear he hasn't done that yet He's got, you know, they've got five massive games coming up, but he's got them pointing in the right direction, the way things are going. In fact, 
if, if they were to get the, the three points against St Johnston, um, then they're looking at don't lose. It's, it's getting down to the don't lose time. You don't maybe they might not yeah. have to win games, but you don't lose to teams certainly Kilmarnock and and Ross County, who they both did end up with at Tandy. Mm-hmm. Alan, as you as you rightly pointed out last week, I thought they would split them up, but um, yeah, he's, he's done a fantastic job and. Even if he keeps them up, you still feel Jim Goodwin will have someone to prove next season. Mm-hmm. That's every manager does, of course. St Johnston game will be a cracker. Like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. one. I think, you know... Did can, I see it's a three o'clock game? It's Saturday 3pm. Yeah, yeah there's, ah, there's, there's, there's not a single but there's not a single bottom six game that's, that's been a, chosen for uh, TV, yeah, so, so none are getting shifted. Have, I, really, I thought, I thought one, of the, one of the home games against Ross County or Kilmarnock, and I thought this, that St Johnston game, mm-hmm. it's a game we did... Mm-hmm. I don't like seeing teams rel- games being picked because a team can be relegated mm-hmm. that day. I don't think that's what football should be about. But that one, it's part of the battle for survival. Yeah, of course it is. And it's, it's got the makings of a really great atmosphere. And Besides, two local teams. and mm-hmm. I, get, I, I get the feeling the dugouts might be a bit tasty as well. Yeah, I, I posted a picture on Twitter to, earlier this week of, of Jim Goodwin strangling Stephen McLean uh, <laughs> back in the playing days so I'm looking forward to that one playing out yeah. and it's it's funny you type in Jim Goodwin's name alongside many of his <laughs> yeah, sort of management peers that. and there's usually one of How did you have to go through? <laughs> there's, there's, there's usually one um, I, I noticed prior there's one of them there uh, kind of uh, challenging for a high ball with a flailing arm with Stuart Kettlewell as well so I think he can probably go through most <laughs> yeah. of his managerial rivals and there'll be one of Jim Goodwin um, get a bit tasty was, with as him as a player he knew what he could and couldn't oh, do 100% <laughs> I think that is very fair to say but not about a great occasion and I really really enjoy um McDermott Park for Dundee United's visits. You know, Dundee United take a fantastic yeah. crowd. And, you know, United will probably not get as many tickets as they could have sold. I'm, I'm sure they won't moan about it. And it's, <laughs> uh, so it's, you know, it's all good. Of course, really, they know I'll come on here and do it for yeah, them. It'll be, it'll, that'll be, it'll be fantastic. And, and I really do hope, you know, St. Johnson sell out all their sections. And it, it proper, brings out the St. Johnson fans, these, I, these games against United and Dundee down there when there's something at stake. Absolutely. I, I, I enjoy them. There's a lot of, uh-huh. you know, social media uh, funnynesses as well in terms of you know St Johnson fans bigging it up as this great derby and Dundee United <laughs> fans trying to kind of no, try to no sell the scale of the game but clearly with the numbers they go through and the voice that they're in they love it as well so it's it's a really um, I really enjoy it as a fixture and in lieu of the Dundee derby which cars on the table I've really really missed this yeah. season um, it's it's probably the game that I've, I've most enjoyed other than maybe the evening games against Aberdeen which were, were um, which were good atmospheres as well and in terms of picking games, I mean, you you could look at the post flip. I've got the wrong teeth this week. The post split fixtures. You would always want three home games, but one thing United have got that game at McDermott Park is always if it's an important game, they'll have thousands of fans at it. So it's sort of win-win that they've got their two biggest rivals for most of the relegation battle and St Johnson away so three games where they're guaranteed really big support yeah they, they played uh, 17 and 16 uh, in terms of home and away balance prior to the split so in terms of balancing right. it out as 18-18 they That's, were due so three it's away fair, no so it's, it's fine in that regard I would suggest and if you could hand pick your two home games of course it's County and Kilmarnock and in terms of away games They've played St Johnson three times this season. They've lost twice at Tannadice and one at McDermott. Yeah. So it's not, ah, yeah. it's not, it's not the worst. Um, their last trip to Livingston, they got a draw. Last trip to Fir Park, they won. So 
if you were to handpick fixtures, um, particularly Motherwell away, when they'll probably be, you might suggest, on the beach. On their holidays. I I think if Jim Goodwin was to handpick fixtures, they wouldn't have looked a great deal different to that. And that's included the the St Johnston away on the first game without uh, before the uh, sorry after the split I should say because um, they're within you know touching distance mm-hmm. of ninth. Who's to say come match day thirty five or thirty six whether they would still be within touching yeah. distance of ninth? So it's while they've got the momentum and while they're close to St Johnston, they get a crack at St Johnston, and I think that's exactly what um, what Jim Goodwin mm-hmm. would have wanted. And on top of that, you've got United probably the best moment they've had for a long time. St Johnston are at the worst moment they've had all season you'd think um, really struggling to find their feet and obviously Calm Davidson leaving um, I, I mean, good if you said a month ago United would have the chance to go ninth in the first game after the split people might have thought it was the real Alan Partridge that was <laughs> the whole show that's remarkable it it's, 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 it's incredible I mean it's it? even and more at both clubs I mean it's more recent than that it's you know when Ross County won 2-0 at McDermott Park United were five points mm-hmm. adrift at the mm-hmm. bottom of the league at that point and that was that was like I think three or four games into Jim Goodwin's tenure yeah. so it's the turnaround's been absolutely astonishing it's up, you know, a proper um, you know the, the swing has been has been something I don't think anyone would have anticipated and there is this you know, there, there's this, you know, temptation to say, oh, it's Dundee United, they should never have been in that yeah. position in the first place. So, you know, they've got out of it. But without the right appointment, without the right change, without the right response, that was a team that was getting relegated, you know, regardless of what name's on their badge. So the the resurgence has been really, really laudable and um, it just needs to continue now because, I, you know, as I said earlier, I think Jim Goodwin is cognizant of this feel-good factor, maybe mm-hmm. translating into a that's us back where we belong, yeah. we're winning games factor, yeah, well. and that's a dangerous place to maybe get to. But how how difficult is it for a manager? Because, I mean, as Alan says, United have, they've had good players all season. Is that harder than looking at a, a team and saying, here's the tactical flaws? Because obviously he needed to get in players' heads, into their minds, and get them back to doing the things they were good at. Yeah, and he's managed that. We've seen that. The results have shown that. And, uh, and that, I mean, that game up at Ross County when they lost, they, yeah. they, they looked gone in their heads. Yeah. They, they, were, they were wandering about in a daze on the park yeah. almost. And it was it was a case that United had to change. And, that, and that's why people say you should maybe stick with stick with the manager to see how things go. But when you're in that sort of, not, ju- not just the form, but in that sort of state of mind, shall we say, in games you're not going to pick up any points. Now, Jim Goodwin has managed to arrest that. He's actually turned it around. There's a, a, Alan will know full well that the confidence must be running through the veins at at Tannadice just now. You know, the the morale will be really high. I bet Jim Goodwin is really, really disappointed they don't have a game on Saturday. That's the last thing he needs. You know, they would have wanted to to have kept kept it going, but they just have to take a week off or maybe give a few players a chance to get get back. You know, anybody who's got slight knocks can get back again. And they've got to, he's, he's got to remind them that, that, that are not safe. That's that's the biggest thing, mm-hmm. Tam. They've not done anything yet. They, 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 they are in the, in, in the sort of tenth, but they're, they're joint uh, on the joint points with Kilmarnock. That's a that's a playoff situation. Yeah. Um. So they've still got they've still got a lot of work to do. They've still got work to do. But Jim Goodwin will have them. You know, certainly 
well versed for the games ahead that's for sure yeah. I was going to say the players are probably upset they don't have a game this weekend mm-hmm. as well because he'll be running them into the crowd yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. anytime right. he's in a spare few days he's been absolutely running them into the ground so um, I don't think the notion of it being you know two weeks since the last game is two weeks off not by any stretch yeah. Stephen Fletcher sitting looking at his feet after the retaining st- session as the other players go who said we weren't fit enough <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah I but I mean it's a, who would have looked at the bottom four Again, going into the post-split fixtures, and United are the, the team with the bottom four that look like they're actually enjoying themselves. They're the form team in the bottom six, yeah. you know, in terms of the actual form table. They're, you know, it's, and yeah, the, it's a strange one because there has always been that sense of belief from the Dundee United players. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they, they have always believed that they would get out of this, but I think that's now gone more from defiance to more... Yeah, as you say, enjoying their football and yeah. feeling that sense of momentum and confidence and playing with a bit of freedom. Um, there's always been a belief that that would come. It's a belief that at times this season I didn't share, but mm-hmm. hell, that's why they're professionals, I guess. Um, and that's now starting to bear fruit, I would suggest. Well, I'll put that, I mean, go back to that game up at Ross County. That was the time when I thought, yeah, is it, is it going to happen? Are they going to show that they're, they're a top six team in terms of ability and it is. It's quite amazing the way the way they've turned it around. But you have to keep going right to the end, don't you, George? Yeah. <laughs> I was just checking your. You hadn't gone right, right to the end, end, of, the end, of, the right to the end of the podcast. You thought <laughs> that, that was a cryptic <laughs> message to George there to wake up. He was beginning to snore. Come on, George. Well, no, yeah, I was just. I don't. I hate, I hate this weekend. The first weekend after the or the split. And the, you got the Scottish Cup semi-finals, and, and there's no yeah. Premiership games. It just feels like a big damp squib. Big games, obviously, the two semis, but I don't see why they can't have the Premiership on the Friday night or both semis on the same day, and, and still play some league games because it yeah. feels like everyone else kind of misses out a wee bit. You can you could still have these big games on top of people having a day out on a Saturday and go and see their team, and things actually happening in the league because obviously. Teams just want to get going and neither Celtic want to win the league or the teams at the bottom want to get themselves out of trouble. Is that an act of having slaughtered everyone in any sort of authority except, <laughs> except Bear, the former sports editor? I was like, he's the only one that missed out at the start of the programme. I'm with you. It always disappoints me. <laughs> Maybe our team should be more successful and be in the semi-finals. But again, there's so much at stake, particularly in, in the bottom half. It's understandable to have that week break because everyone's then playing at the same time. Yeah, the, the Scottish Cup. Same weekend at least. The Scottish Cup's just irritating me this season because I look at and, and well, I know. Welcome to Dundee, it's been <laughs> irrelevant for many years. Well, I wouldn't have, I realised that um, the draw numbers wouldn't have been exactly the same or whatever, but I look back to. I, dismal way Dundee United went out of the yeah. Scottish Cup against Kilmarnock and then you look at that pathway and that pathway is the one that has resulted in Cali Thistle will get into the semi-final and you think that's oh. a semi-final against Falkirk that Dundee United could have run in so sure. I know you know I know it's not exactly the way it would have worked out but no. you can't help having that thought and the, the, so the, the competition has yeah it's, it's a slight pebble in my shoe I must say in terms of what could have been but I can't even remember who beat Dundee and it's basically but it's it, generally it's something that you you learn as a fan <laughs> to wipe from your memory within hours of it happening and you just go oh, United get to 
I'm just 123 same, yeah. years without success. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah, very much a Dundee perspective. But, you know, <laughs> United get to Hamden with a degree of regularity, so it would, it would have been nice to get back there. But who knows, maybe next season. In the meantime, United are, you know, if their fans are really desperate for a Tannadice fix this weekend, they are having a, a an open training session, which I, I think is a nice, a nice thing on Saturday. I think the, the, it's for all season ticket holders, and I think especially these things are great for you know the young, the, the Bairns. Exactly, brilliant, isn't it? Because I think they're going to do an open training session and then the kids will get a chance to you know mingle with some players and things at the sidelines and I think that's a great thing for a little bit of added value in terms of the season tickets so yeah. you know it's, it's not a game but it's a a unique little experience that I think will probably, you know, especially live with the youngsters for a wee while. So hopefully, you know, if anyone listening to this gets a chance to get along to that, I would, I would very much suggest they do. Well done, that's next season's press pass secured. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff, guys. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tele Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice, or go to the telly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>